0: Loudly all weekend,
1: the passion of the crowd in Williamsburg Stadium is second to none. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good.
0: Gamecock fans, welcome home. We'll see how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? The Cox have won this game.
2: Here are your hosts, JC Sherbert. Go watch him celebrate now. Bill Molenacs. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford.
3: I'm not telling you, you look like you're joining us
4: All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard. Welcome home, and welcome to football season. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Cinerama Studios and built by the BarndoCo, Doco, the Co. dot com. That dream home can be built for as low as a hundred and sixty dollars per square foot. All you got to do is head to the BarnDominiumCo dot com if you live in the Carolinas and Georgia or in Tennessee. Signorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and we are thrilled to be partnered with Matt Vaughn and his team, and they have just done some outstanding work over the years for campus and for anybody and everybody who owns a business and anything in between in the Palmetto State. You don't have to be in Columbia. You can be anywhere within our borders, and they can take really good care of you just like they do of us. JC, JB, and Phil here until one today. We'll be joined in about 20 or excuse me, about 30 minutes by John Whittle of the com. We'll get his update from the scrimmage this weekend. Carolina's final scrimmage in the preseason. Look forward to that. And then coming up at noon, talking ball with the great Pat DeMarco as well right here on our program. Carolina finally got that defensive end. Transfer commitment this weekend, so all of those uh, who hop on and off the message boards every day and like to joke about it and think that people like J.C. have been lying for five months, you got proved wrong. Carolina is deeper, and South Carolina is better with Drew... Oh, uh, shoot, J.C., how do you say it?
0: Tuasama.
4: to Tuasama. Zama Transfer from defensive end. So we'll let J.C. fill us in on that, and guys... Daniel Hill's going to come in on Wednesday as well. Could be some potential good news to kick off the season with for the Gamecocks. And finally, they actually kick off football coming up this Saturday. What's
0: up?
2: Can't wait. Looking forward to all of it. Yes, Week we zero is like such a tease. zero games.
0: I mean, I'm going to have a nice week zero because Notre Dame's playing in my house. I'm mm-hmm. Heading back to Chi-Town Wednesday. And uh, gonna spend week zero up there, but when all of us here in the South are sitting around going, "Man, must see TV is Vanderbilt, Hawaii." <laughs> I mean, come on, it's
1: just a bunch of degenerates. Uh, you, yeah, like, you know what? It is. I
2: raised my hand.
0: <laughs> give us. I mean, we have we have the Ireland game, and everybody appreciates that. That was the best game last year, but uh although florida state played last year and north carolina played last year on this day so uh, i'm sure there's some other not so great matchups being played but uh uh yeah still it's football and high school started so now it's time for college to kind of trickle in and then the the big daddy is next week next weekend when uh the gamecocks will head to charlotte and all that stuff so yeah drew uh to commits uh, and and here's how this went. Okay, it it was a situation where it took a lot longer for him to get in the portal than a lot of folks thought. And that you can't contact the guy and do much for the guy if he's not in the portal. Right. You know, you're always aware of everybody who's everywhere. Um. Let's say, so, yeah, he finished up, finally he jumped in the portal. Obviously, there was some interest and. <laughs> You know, it was kind of touch and go, as a lot of these situations are with transfers. You guys are going to have to get used to this, by the way. Those of you that live and die with recruiting, I appreciate you. I wouldn't have a job sure. or a career if you didn't care. But you're going to have to start understanding that these things are not all black and white. These things change sometimes by the minute with NIL and the portal and all that good stuff. And quite frankly, it's bad for the program in some cases the more you guys know. And I'm sorry. Uh, it is my job on the Big Spur and here to bring you as much knowledge and insight and inside information as I possibly can, but you're not entitled to 100 percent of it. Not at the not at the, the cost of the program. And it was very disappointing because I've kept my mouth shut about this guy, about kind of knowing that if if then you know if he got in, then Carolina would probably have an interest in him. The day he gets to the portal, all these random people start tweeting at him and talking to him and stuff. So I don't know. Uh, we talked about leaks last week, so I'm not going to go into it this week. But uh, that's just uh, just everybody I've talked to in the building. They're kind of they're like, man, this could hurt us. Luckily, it yeah. didn't this time. So, so, so that, I'm just telling you guys that. I love all y'all. And I'll tell you as much as I know that I can. But I, I think you would rather me keep th- some things to myself rather than have things be detrimental to the football program and them not get a guy because of it that they need, which they do need this guy. Um, and well, so on, on that
4: note, this is, let's, let's, uh, let's get some of the, let's get some of the, the simple basic questions out of the way too, JC, cause this is fourth school. He began at Syracuse, East Mississippi, JUCO, and then on to UAB. Mm-hmm. So he does have two years of eligibility remaining, correct?
0: I'd have to check in and see what the co what its COVID year situation was, okay. um, But he he may have to. Uh, I think it's a little unrealistic to think he's going to play against North Carolina a bunch. Uh, I think he's probably got to get in shape. you got to go through what's called an acclimation process, too, before he can even put on pads. I think by Georgia, though, you're going to see him on the field a lot. Uh, This guy's a grown man. He's 6'5", 275. Uh, The UAB people thought he was going to be an NFL draft pick. Um, and Sean, no, he did not finish conditioning with UAB. He was, he was taking summer school classes. I don't even know if he's taking them at UAB or not, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, game Kakadon, What is he getting to campus? He is already he, there.
4: He's practicing,
0: practicing, getting, going through the acclimation period, if you will. Uh, yeah. but this guy's going to be good. Now, now I need to check on the one or two years because two years would be a really big thing. You know, if he had he two years left, but, um, I just think, uh, I think Carolina got a good one there. Um, And I think that, (laughs) uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, people people are, you know, there is a certain section of the fan base, and even college football quote-unquote experts, that scoff at, oh, it's just UAB. Well, number one, UAB's is pretty damn good program. It won't be in a few years because I don't think Trent Dilfer's going to win there. Uh, But Bill Clark was a hell of a coach, great evaluator. He could find guys. That's one. And number two, NFL players come from all over. And number three, at this program, we should know by now that getting guys from the lower level sometimes works out bigly. I'll remind everybody, transfer from East Tennessee, transfer from Wingate, and a transfer from James Madison, our South Carolina doesn't win the Clemson game last year. Right. Oh, and the kicker and punter that everybody blasted Will Muschamp for taking as a scholarship player. (laughs) So think about that. Um, and that's one game, right? And, and I think it's nice to get guys from bigger schools, nice to get guys from smaller schools. I don't care as long as they can play. Uh, and this guy, when you watch him on film, he's quick twitch. He's huge. Uh, he, he's basically Jordan Birch's size. Uh, doesn't have the Jordan Birch hype, but when you look through his career, he's a hell of a lot more productive than Jordan. Plays a lot meaner than Jordan. Plays a lot tougher than Jordan. You know, We'll see what he does against the SEC offensive linemen. I think that Georgia game would be a hell of a one to throw him into because they got a really good O line, but uh, it's probably going to take him that. What I would do if I were the staff, and I don't know if this is the plan or not. Um, I would, um, I would, you know, provided you blow Furman out or you get comfortably ahead against Furman, I'd just stick him out there and let him go play, get as many reps as you can against the Paladins, get acclimated to playing in a game. Uh, if he makes a mistake, so what? It's not going cost you the game. But uh, I think that if I were them, that's probably what I would do: would just let him do it. And Billy, asked about Ryan Brewbaker. He's banged up right now. Was kind of second ish team, not anymore, I don't think. But banged up right now.
4: So. Uh, yeah, let's. A couple of things here. For, by the way, he was originally jo- uh, born in Chicago, Illinois, which is uh, near and dear to your heart, now, JC. But uh, nineteen was all his fresh. 19 was his freshman year and he only made one appearance with the orange and 2020 uh he played in six games with Syracuse but that's a free year uh so so when you go so technically you're counting 21 as a freshman year and 22 as a sophomore year so he does have two years of eligibility uh, in South Carolina so he's uh I and, and I don't. I, I'm not saying I disagree with anything you said. I, I I really don't know. My gut tells me he he's going to play a little bit more than people think he probably is, uh, early on. Because and I'll tell you why. Because JC he's he's kind of fitting the mold as a guy similar to Tonka Hemingway, where you can put him out there in a couple of different roles, um, just with his size and depending on what type type of package they may be may be in. Uh, especially in a game like North Carolina, where if it's a situation you got to get to the, got to get to the to the uh, to the quarterback, and he's a guy who's not going to just be just a big plug right there in the middle. He's an end, yeah. so but he's also he also is a guy that you can put in at the quote unquote tackle position or a, like a rabbit style position as they used to call it, and allow him to get in there and do some damage. So I I, I actually believe he's probably going to
2: end up playing a little bit more earlier in his career. Yeah, special teams I, experience, too, so that's going to get him on the field, I think, more this year, too. I
0: mean, honestly, JB, yeah. thinking about kind of some uh, – based on, you know, some things I've heard of, that, that probably would not surprise me. I'm being very conservative with it, though, because it's awfully sure, close. Absolutely. You know, yeah, guy comes yeah, in yeah. that that quickly. It's awfully I mean, close. he's got one
4: week of practice. J- if that, JC, I mean, they're turning their attention in the middle of the week to North Carolina. It yeah, you start working. here in a couple of days, so
0: um, – w- Lee asked us if Lenore Sellers is officially number two. No. No. And that was never the case. I know Brad tweeted he ran with the twos. He ran with the twos, but he didn't want number one with the twos. Now, if something happened to Spencer Rattler, I think I'd I'd be awfully hard-pressed to think that Lenores wouldn't at least play because the quote I got about Lenora Sellers this weekend, it looks like a lot of other people did too, was high, high praise from a person that does not give it easily. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm not going to try to run – this is Spencer Rattler's team. This is Spencer Rattler's year, okay? I don't want to run the Lenores hype train all that much. But, I mean, my God, you keep hearing it over and over and over and over <laughs> and over. It must be true. I mean, uh, I saw the one clip, for whatever that's worth, where he – Steps up in the pocket. See, quarterbacks sometimes, guys, especially athletic ones, they don't step up in the pocket like that. That's hard to teach them to do. Mm-hmm. And in that one clip, I don't know if he doesn't ever play. That one clip, my man literally stepped up in the pocket and fired a dime, dime down the field. The guy dropped it or the DB made a good play, whatever. But that, that pass should have never even been close to all the money. Right. So, you know. So that's it. KFC asks who doesn't give it the high price? Don't ask me that question. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you my sources. <laughs> Come on, K. You know better, buddy. Yeah. Uh, uh, better yeah. But yeah, uh Luke getting reps at wide right receiver, probably a little bit. Probably playing Luke. Because Luke Luke wants to play, you know, and Luke's good. And Luke can play quarter. And Luke I, I'd, I'd probably I'd be shocked if Luke was not if something happened to Spencer. God bless it for God or Gamecocks are cursed if that happens. But I don't think Lenora Sellers takes the first snap. I think it's definitely Luke Dody. You know, but oh, I do too. in time, you know, you get through that one game, you get to the next week. I don't know. I can't say that for sure. But, you know, if you look down the road and you think, well, in a hypothetical Tanner Bailey, Lenore Sellers, Luke Doty, Dante Reno battle, you know, would you would you think the odds are higher that Lenores wins? And if you do think that, uh, yeah, why not rep Luke just in case someplace else? Because I, Lord of the North, didn't move it. He's a quarterback.
4: Well, they've got they've got a, an incredible group, and and we know that the this the, yes, the competition. Seen. Yeah, it's good, it's good, and they're being well coached. And uh, you know, you, when you've got talent, and that that talent is well coached, and, you know, a lot of good things can happen. And as it was pointed out last week by Perry Orth, and I think it's a it's a brilliant observation. This has happened around here a lot for a long time, and we could sit here for 20 minutes and probably name every single one of them. If star quarterback comes to South Carolina, and everybody can't wait to throw him in there as the savior of the program, and it doesn't work out. Uh, or it doesn't work out like everybody thought it would, or it takes some time to actually maybe work out a little bit more than it initially did. you know. And you're not in a situation like that. You've got Spencer Rattler and quite frankly, if you had to make a depth chart today and everybody's healthy, Spencer Rattler is not only number one, he's the second string, he's the third string, and then somebody else is in there is the fourth string. I mean, he's, he's that talented and that ready to go. Um, so, you know, I, it's, you know Phil, I, I, I push the pause button on a lot of these conversations. Everybody just can't wait to anoint the next guy. Uh, I'll, I'll allow that guy to anoint himself when he's ready. If that makes sense, because um, we, we've just, I mean, Ryan Holinsky was supposed to save the year. There wasn't one human. And if you say oh that God. you questioned him, you are lying. Don't lie. There isn't one human in this fan base when a guy named Ryan Holinsky committed that didn't want to see him. They won and thought he was going to be the future of the program in the whole nine yards. Same thing with Jake Bentley. Same thing with Steven Garcia. Same thing with Chris Smelly. I mean, we could keep going on and on and on. Nobody ever thought that about. Connor Shaw, everybody liked him. Nobody thought he was going to be the savior of the program. He's like,
0: I remember some idiotic takes on Shaw when I he didn't. got in against Auburn because the kid gets in phoned to the wolves against Auburn because Garcia got knocked out of that one. I agree, was point. fumbling absolutely, and he, he, you know, yeah, Carolina lost the game, and and at the time, nobody knew knew how good Auburn really was because Auburn had struggled and almost lost to Clemson, which wasn't a good Clemson team and. All this other stuff. But look, man, I mean Connor led them down the field and he's firing at the end zone for a potential tying score at the end of that game in a hostile environment. All right. I thought that was great. Well then Spurrier gives him the job because he's pissed at Steven for some reason against East Carolina. And Connor goes out there and did not have the uh the best outing. And they put Steven in, they come back and win the game. Well then something happens with Steven, he's gone for the rest of the year. And Connor comes back in and leads him to eleven. And, and there, there were just some people that just were, were totally wrong. Quarterbacks an interesting, uh um, yeah, interesting subject right here. I'll say this though, I am not gonna. I, I have to talk about Lenore Sellers because this is not just like, "Hey, guy's gonna be good in time." This is this guy is a. You know, <laughs> so I, I, I'm I not trying to anoint him. I, I just think it's true. Oh, I think no, no, there's reason I'm, to. to ex- I'm not get saying it. that. Yeah. And yeah, it's nice yeah. to know, it's nice to know he's that good because, you know, things happen in football. It's weird, especially at that position. So, well, now, it's, it's not going to be like a Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler situation in Oklahoma, though. I can, I can assure <laughs> you of that. Although I think Lenore's could be better than Caleb Williams. I'll go ahead and say yeah. that right now in time.
4: Well, and and you know as well as I know um, that – as well as we should – everybody should know, Lenora Sellers has grown up a lot already since he's been on campus, and and he's grown up even more in these last two scrimmages. You know where he's going to grow up the most, though? Next weekend, the weekend after that, where he gets to watch four, eight, 12 quarters of football and watch, watch live Bullets and watch a guy who's been doing this for a while and Spencer Rattler, watch how he handles the offense, watch how he carries himself, watch how he learns from bad decisions that he makes, watch Lenore Sells will learn himself from the good decisions that Spencer Rattler makes out there. He's been learning from Luke Doty as well, a guy who's got a lot of experience of being a collegiate quarterback, not just what we've seen on the field, but on the practice fields himself. So he's going to learn a lot. that you know. And, and I'm sure, JC, look, I'm pretty convinced of this. You're probably going to see him play somewhere in the first few games. I just think that there, there's no way you're not going to be able to play him in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you've got a big lead. Maybe it's just a unique situation where you feel like you can get him in the ball game for a play or two just to get his feet wet. You're, you you kind of need to. I don't know where that's going to be. I have no idea what Shane Beamer and his, their plans are. But but I also know this. As the game has slowed down for him, and that's when, you, that's when it – that's when you speed up, when the game slows down in any sport. Uh, it's going to crank right back up when they kick it off next week. It's going to be really fast for him out there, just watching from the mm-hmm. sidelines. And then it'll slow down again. So it's 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 obviously a wonderful, wonderful attribute for this football team to have a, a kid as talented as him to be able to grow into his position at this level.
0: That's, I'll oh. say this. That, that gun pl- I laugh because I'm Went off on the play call last year a lot, Uh, (laughs) but that uh, where they ran the carry on straight up the middle. Yeah, Yeah. I'd take my chances with this cat straight (laughs) up the middle.
4: Yeah, I mean as long as he (laughs) doesn't turn the ball over, which we heard he doesn't. So, I mean, I'd
0: I'd take that. So, uh, and yeah, two tap Tony more tempo on offense. Absolutely. In fact, it may be a little. it, It may look a lot faster. It's going to look a lot faster regardless because I mean I think a tortoise race would look faster than the operational tempo of the offense last year, but uh, for the most part. but uh you know, I think that uh, you know I think we'll see what happens with that
4: yeah, it's, uh, it's a, and and look, you know we've heard we've heard tempo around here for there's a difference in tempo and, and knowing what you're doing and tempo and not knowing what you're doing um, mm. at least at least as it is today. The understanding that I'm not going to speak for JC, I'm not going to speak for Phil, I'm not going to speak for anybody. The Big Spur. I'm just going to speak for myself. Then my understanding is uh, they 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 have a pretty good grasp of what they're doing out there, and um, and so I, I hope we get to see that next week. I, I, before we get to break uh, here in just a second, I, I did see one uh, question, and I want to make sure that um, that we we answer it if we can. There it is, Trey. Hey, Trey hope you're having a wonderful start to your Monday. Um, he asked if we could put something into perspective. I've seen when we've had preseason injuries, has been blamed on conditioning. Is that under conditioning or over conditioning? So uh, the first thing, I, and uh, Trey, I'm not, uh, I'm not throwing hammers at you. Just hang, hang with me here. The first question I would ask is who blamed it on conditioning? who was that? Was it a fan? You know, was it a, was it a keyboard warrior? Was it the head coach? You know, who was it? Um, the second thing is really neither. It's, it's more, it's not necessarily under or over conditioning. It's more along the lines that, um, things happen when you're pushing your body to do something that is hard to do. And, uh, and just some, sometimes you got, and you got all kinds of injuries. Now we had a, what was it, guys? Three years ago or four years ago around here, when there was just a lot of soft tissue injuries, that was a training problem. What was it specifically? I'm not exactly no sure. No. But it, but that's a train. When you got that many soft tissue issues, you you've got an issue somewhere in how you're training your program. So they went and fixed that. But when you've got a lot of um, you know you you, you bum an ankle or you or you do something to your knee or whatever. A lot of that stuff's just going to happen. So maybe a little bit more into context, if you don't mind. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think it's under-conditioning or over-conditioning. Uh, just things are a little bit different for pretty much anybody and everybody on the t- in, the, in the locker room.
0: Yeah, and look, I, I'll be honest. There's a lot of guys that missed with bumps and bruises on Saturday. Don't get me wrong. Am yeah. I concerned? Sort of. But then, uh, you know – Another uh, aspect of it is uh, I think Shane Beamer and his staff know good and well, like every staff that's been successful here, that the difference between South Carolina and some of the upper echelon teams in the SEC many times is depth. Uh, Steve Spurrier, yep. I mean, I one of his assistants told me, like he knew they could not, he hated, he despised injuries. He got accused of being soft. But last time I checked, his teams were twice as physical as must for the mm. most part. Yeah. I mean, on defense especially. And if they had to go out in shorts on Tuesday, so be it. They'd play backyard football the whole week and be healthy and rested and ready to go. Because, you know, your top 44 or top 22, whatever, whatever, 25 to 30, I guess. Yeah. Pretty similar. But, I mean, and, and look, people want to know how Will Muschamp lost football games? How many times did he ever have his whole football team healthy? Yeah.
4: Seems rare. <laughs> Same yeah. way at
0: Florida. I mean, so – you've yeah. got to stay healthy here and I think beamer knows that so my hope is some of these guys that have missed time it's all precautionary and I think that happened last year I think everybody was like ah oh, these guys aren't gonna be good to go and then by the time they played Georgia state it was like three guys and we knew they'd be out so hopefully yeah. this is all precautionary uh, For sure. right now you know I know it's easy to to panic because uh, we just went through a period of Massive injuries every year around here, so you you hope for the best, but uh, and it's frustrating. But I'm thinking it's more precautionary that you just don't want to make a guy that's a proven player. You don't want to scrimmage him and make it worse. You know what I'm saying?
4: No, yeah, absolutely. And and the sign of a good football team is when there is a guy that goes down and a new name emerges Uh, and kind of steps up and and it just it just seems like they have. Been lucky enough to have that at different positions thus far through camp. John Whittle actually will give us a little bit of an update on that. A name has kind of been popping at receiver. You could call it off the radar if you want, but if you know where he's from, that shouldn't surprise anybody. Before we step aside, college football returns on Saturday. The first game of the season is on NBC Navy and Notre Dame. The Irish coming in 13th in the country off of the win over our Gamecocks down in Jacksonville. Uh, in the uh, in the bowl game uh, only a few months ago. And uh, they this is, believe it or not, the third game all-time that they have played in Dublin, Ireland. Neither of the last two have been particularly close. Although, the last three neutral site games, careful. Two of those three divide, decided by three points or less in favor of the Irish, so who knows? Maybe Navy can show up and do something fun across the uh, across the pond UTEP at Jacksonville State actually a couple of uh, opponents on South Carolina's schedule this year are also playing on Saturday Jacksonville State host UTEP at 5:30 on the CBS Sports Network and then of course on the SEC Network 7:30 Saturday night Vandy and Hawaii man god bless Hawaii those guys are dealing with a lot of stuff right now but they're making the trip to Nashville for the ball game the only other top 25 uh, uh program that's going to be uh, playing this weekend on the Pac-12 Network, if that even still exists, 8 o'clock Saturday night, San Jose State at Southern Cal. So if you want to tune in and try to get a glimpse of Marshawn Lloyd.
0: It's on the Pac-12 Network?
4: There's your chance. It is.
2: God, you can't even stream it. Where do you find the Pac-12 Network? You don't. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's It's buried in
0: a – you go to the end of the rainbow. And then you yeah. find it buried beneath the, the treasure. It's That's somewhere. where you
2: find the Pac-12. Yeah, I'd somewhere. be happy to stream them here. They'd, they'd get more viewership probably than they would otherwise. They yeah, I bet, yeah, I bet if they put the <laughs> Pac-12 network
0: <laughs> in the South, we'd all watch the it. Pac- we hey, we're going to go watch Oregon State and Washington State. How about the, that? P-
2: the Pac-4, <laughs>
4: on the, uh, Pac-4. Uh, as part of the Chief Sports Network. All right, got to go because John Whittle, he gets angry when we're late. So we'll hit a timeout. Uh, the big man for the big spur inside the game, Cox. This show built by the Doco. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden black every day by a couple of painters. Go to letmepaintsomething.com to check them out. Go,
4: Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803 522 6832. Let me paint something.com.
0: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sierra Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sierfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane, in the upstate for your real estate needs.
4: Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. Panorama Columbia and Go
3: Game Pops.
2: Your campus is a little less serene today after move-in day this weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, remember, I remember those days well, man. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> good I time re- to get out of Columbia for for a week or so, right, JC? Well,
0: well good, good thing I went. I was out this weekend. I got I got back into Columbia and uh, going down 26 from the upstate, there's a line of cars heading back. A lot of mommies and daddies, mm-hmm. with tissues because they dropped their babies off at school. So, yeah. uh, but man, there's stuff everywhere, like boxes and people walking up hills with <laughs> that are about like in shape like me, worried about them, you know, because they got too much. Oh, dads, you know, oh. there's probably a lot of Dones back pills being taken yesterday. <laughs>
4: Forgot but, my but, back um, pills.
0: Yeah, for hey, yeah, hey here's a here, here's a shocker for you too, because uh, I, I live down in Five Points. Somebody stole my parking space yesterday. Yeah, well, it's not Columbia without that, right? That's right. <laughs> some jerk was in my space. and uh, Lucky I went downstairs to kind of get my dinner order. and He was in his old truck moving, so I pulled my car back out there. Yeah, didn't you, have him towed, though. He's some kid. So. You
4: Ron jerry him, didn't you? You gave him the business.
0: You gave him the business. Yes. a point.
4: Um, John Whittle joining us at 1133 here to kick off the final week of The summer without Gamecock football playing a football game, John. It's almost arrived, and glad to have you, certainly. And I know that you're ready to actually be able to report on, you know, what happens in a game as opposed to practice. And pretty much anything and everything else that people could come up with, it seems to be off the wall. But they did scrimmage for the final time on Saturday night at Williams-Brice, kind of trying to mimic uh, Bank of America Stadium coming up next weekend. What would you learn from that scrimmage?
3: Well, to, to your to your point, we're ready to talk football, but there's about an eight page thread on the BigSpur.com right now discussing the uh, polo, the new sideline polos, uh, and so I, I I think that's a, a, a telltale sign that we're getting close to to football season. But I got yeah, caught up was,
2: in that earlier, John. I couldn't believe it. I was—I got three pages in. I was ashamed of myself.
3: Well, if there's
0: one guy that—I think I locked it. Maybe John unlocked it, and that's fine too. Because one guy literally was sitting there with such disdain for the guy. Maybe you like the maybe you like the rowback. Maybe I don't give a flip what you wear, okay? But he's just like this is just terrible stuff. And obviously, anybody that buys it just has too much money. It's too much money. More money. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, that's that's. Why are you that fired up about someone else's clothing choice? I hated Tommy Hilfiger when I was in high school, right? <laughs> I, I didn't like attack people for it. It's just not for me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well were you? Were you a Jinko's guy, JC? <laughs> I,
0: I was in the '90s, brother. I wore je- uh, baggy jeans and flannel. Not in the <laughs> summer, though. <laughs> I wasn't that hardcore I would I would actually break out the khaki shorts and a nice polo so I looked like a hippie during the winter and a prep uh, during the summer I was like a I was like a hip pre, a hippie prepper type of uh, dresser
4: so John what'd you learn from the scrimmage on Saturday night
3: <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> uh, well it it, it it sounded like a, a pretty decent day for the offense most of the notes I got were were, were from the offensive side and and uh, they they worked at a pretty quick tempo, and and Spencer Rattler was getting the ball out really quickly, um, so that's that's obviously a good sign. He's played with a lot of confidence this this preseason, and and uh, certainly seems geared up and and ready to roll. He he seems to be playing playing really well right now. So, um, you know, that I it sounded like um, the offense ran a lot better when either Dakari and Joyner or Juju McDowell were were in their running back. Those two guys seem to be. The, uh, the the top two guys um, it, it running back in, in that order, and you know I, they're still experimenting a little bit with, with the offensive line, playing some guys at some different spots, uh, some different combinations here and there. So you know, I think it's uh, I, I think it has has. Uh, been a productive and good learning experience for the coaches uh, as far as their offensive line goes. But there was a little different combination this weekend with Sidney Fugar starting at, at left tackle and Jackson Hughes starting at right tackle. And uh, Ja'Kai Moore was in there at left guard. So, um, you know, they're, they're doing a couple of different things. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think they'll probably start to settle on on what the starting O-line for, for UNC looks like here in the next few days.
4: Guys, we go back a few months, and we've had this conversation uh, that they didn't bring – Fugar's been on the radar. Garjulo is a starter. I'll just say that. I'm, I know you all said it. He's starting. Um has been on the radar as a potential starter. But they didn't bring in uh, Nye Manziel and Jackson Hughes to just poke around and play on the scout team. And I was told that in June. And I know y'all heard way more than I've heard. Um, and so it, it it's interesting. I was talking to Preston about that this morning on 107.5 The Game. And the general progression, I think, guys, is that you want to see the offensive line behind earlier in camp and then kind of catching up later in camp. And it seems like that that's happened. But it happened with changes. And Jackson Hughes is one of those changes. So but collectively, between both of you, JC and John, is there a, is there a, a in your mind, a better than average possibility that three transfers are starting on this offensive line in game one
3: yeah I mean I, I certainly think so I, I certainly think so I, I I think two is probably a pretty safe bet I, I think either either uh I mean Garjulo is going to be in there and I think either Hughes or fugar will end up winning one of the two two tackle spots but but maybe both I mean Jakai Moore is still gonna going to have a say out there for sure uh and and, yeah. and as far as what's going on you know trey jones on the on the interior guard may may bump more back out to uh to left tackle so so we'll see but i, I think at least two and in, in a, a very good possibility at three i don't know how jc feels about it but that's kind of what i've I've got right now i'm with you and it's interesting because
0: jackson hughes wasn't he was coming off an off-season surgery it didn't necessarily go full speed first couple of weeks and then pow
3: He's, he did uh, Saturday.
0: He's number one, you know. Uh, Case and Henry actually walked out there with Fugar the other day, according to one of Hale's practice reports. First, so uh, that's good. That that was music to my ears because I still think Casein Henry is going to be really good. It's just been health. But uh, mm-hmm. here's the thing about Jakai Moore too that I, I believe Jakai is a capable offensive tackle at this level. He is a very very good offensive guard at this level. You know, I, I think I think he found his position last year uh, on the interior, uh, and Clint agrees with me. Thank you, Flint. Uh, but uh, I think when they can play him on the inside, uh, assuming he is better than Trey Jones in there, and I think he is. I think Trey's a heck of a player, but I mean, there's a battle in there. And the good news is you got Trey and Wanamaker backing up on the interior. But if you can get more on the inside, and you're competent at the offensive tackle. I think that's probably your best lineup. And I, I knew Fugar was coming on a bit. I always kind of thought maybe a year away, because since he has three years left, yeah. I mean, he has a long time left. Hughes is definitely not surprising. I The day they got him, I was told he's going to be in the two deep at least. And so uh, getting him, and uh, I was told that was a very, very underrated pickup. <laughs> uh, and look, he, he looked pretty good uh, for Charlotte last year, so – you know, that's the deal there. So I I I, I that Big wouldn't surprise kid. me. It sounds weird when you say it, but hey, Jalen Nichols, who was gonna kind of be the anchor at tackles out. So what do you do? You know, you need guys that can get out there and hold the line, so to speak. So I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if those were three transfer starters, man. Yeah. yeah. And all as right.
3: you said, Fugars Fugar's got three years and Hughes has one more after this. So he's he's that's got right. two years total. So you know, those those guys could be around for a minute. Yeah, All and right. that's
0: good because they will have to hold off Jacai, or Josiah Thompson and Cam Pringle next year. They make yeah, that, Cam Pringle's pictures from his dang scrimmage. My God,
4: he's he's it's yeah. Those guys movie. are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, John uh, Spencer Rattler. The word is he he looks good, but I
3: keep hearing the word comfortable. What does that mean? It, it means he's seeing the field well. It means he know he's no he he can play fast, knows where he's going with the football uh, he's he's just seeing things. Um, you know that's those were part of the problems early on last year. you know I, I mean, I think he even made, I think he even mentioned in a press conference that he that there were times where he wasn't seeing things and you know the Arkansas game comes to mind like he made some great throws, he made some bad throws. Uh, so you know I, I I think that's the difference now as opposed to to this time last year. You know, I, I think he settled in and got comfortable as some things got changed at the end of last season. But you know, I, I think he just feels good and 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 uh, is seeing things really well right now.
4: Uh, Dow Loggins and his offense. Have you learned anything more about that? As we because they're about to turn the page into game prep, probably middle of the week, John. I would imagine Wednesday or so after Shane's press conference on Tuesday. What have you learned about his offense and overall the chemistry that it's provided? Uh, in the, uh, in the locker room.
3: Well, they, they've moved pretty quick in, in practices and, and, uh, and, in, in, in the scrimmage on Saturday as well, Saturday night, they, they, uh, they were up tempo a, a pretty good bit. Now, what, what does that mean in terms of what it's going to look like on a Saturday? I mean, I, mean it's, I think that's still to be determined. It's a lot easier to practice up tempo and then slow it down a little bit in a game than go the other way. So I, I, I do know that they are practicing up tempo a, a lot. And I, I think that you're going to see uh, a a good bit of that once we get to the season. But you know, it may be the offense functions a little bit better another way. But I, I think you're going to see uh, a, a good bit of up tempo. You're not going to see Tennessee tempo. Uh, but I, I think you'll I think you'll see these guys moving pretty quickly.
4: How close is the number two and number three quarterback battle right now?
3: I'd say really close, really really close. Uh, Luke Doty's the number two guy right right now. He went out there with he was the first guy to run with the twos on on Saturday. Uh, Lenora Sellers got some run with the with the second team offense though. Uh, so and and from what I understand, he was he was a little bit better uh, than, than Doty the other day. So uh, we'll we'll see how it evolves. You know, if, if something happens with Spencer on against North Carolina, I feel pretty confident that that Luke Doty will be the first guy out there. You know that's as, as we sit here on on august 21st now we may be saying something different on october 21st or maybe even september 21st but but i it's a it's a really it's a really tight battle right now between those two guys and and uh you know it's been good it's been good doty's Dody's played pretty well and norris has, has shown his his uh his traits and, and his skill set and he's been incredible so uh you know i, I think the uh, quarterback position is in good hands.
4: Uh, at the wide receiver position it's that group keeps getting deeper and deeper John what's going on out there who's popping
3: yeah it, it certainly sounds that way I mean we know who we know who uh, the main guys are but then you know past your Juice Wells and, and your Marion Browns and your Xavier Leggetts like Omega Blake has had had a really good camp Elijah Caldwell a true freshman who came in the summer has had a really good camp uh, both of those guys have been good Tyshawn Russell was actually mentioned to me as having a a, a really good scrimmage. So, you know, okay. I, I think he's still a little bit too far behind on on some of those other guys. But may, maybe, who knows? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think he'll be out there in that top six against North Carolina. But you know, as as things evolve over the course of the season, we'll see how that plays out. But but he had a good scrimmage the other day. Uh, but but yeah, it, it, as you mentioned, the more time goes on, the more you hear about another receiver here and there, and and uh, that's that's only good news.
4: Does does that mean that? Justin step knows how to recruit. I'm just <laughs> curious. Are we still, are we still questioning that? Because other guys, not, Yeah, I confused. need to
3: go consult the message boarders. On okay. That.
4: All right. I just want to make sure that what's
3: going on. Take a vote.
4: Be clear. I,
2: Warriors will have you a good answer on that. I'm sure. Uh,
4: everybody does though, on a serious note, want to know if there are any updates to um, some of the more popular names in the program, juice Wells, Nick Harbor, of course, come to mind. Anything there?
3: Uh, from what I understand, neither one of those guys scrimmage on uh, on, on Saturday. Um, I was also told those guys, along with Pup Howard, will be ready to go uh, for the opening weekend against North Carolina. You know, I always try to say, you know. Way to
4: go, John. You that, did it. Yeah,
3: there, I, well, I always try to say <laughs> that when it comes to injuries here, I, I'm never fully confident. In, Don't say it. In the word coming out, but. <laughs> um I, i'm not i'm not ruling anybody out but i'm certainly not betting the house that that anybody's definitely in either
4: oh son of a you screwed it up man we had you teed up to be the hero of the week for carolina i can't,
3: do it. I can't be the hero not this week
4: uh collect i'll let you and jc have this conversation here um you know i i think is read it about Alanis
3: the- morissette songs
4: do, uh, it could be. Do we need yeah. to make it
0: about that? We could do that. I think Taylor Swift needs to cover Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill Star.
4: I never understood half the words she said in her songs, though. I guess if I went back and listened, I'd probably know now. But, uh, you know,
0: you're an Eric Church fan.
4: Well, yeah, I'm a chief guy.
0: Eric Church is like you start off with something kind of personal. Then there's a line you can't understand. And then there's a line like it's the most, one of the most American things ever. That's the formula for Chiefs.
4: <laughs> yeah, but I, I understand all the lines. Uh,
0: but you have understand all the lines. Okay, all right, you're special, man. You're special. <laughs> you so, go. all right. All right but, the topic,
4: uh, honestly, it's on Nick Harbor. I, I, I'm just reading between the lines. I've done zero checking uh, on my end of this, guys. But I think we all knew that it was as talented as he is as an athlete. It was going to take some time to learn how to be a receiver at this level. Um, seems like that's kind of fallen right where we – at least, maybe thought it would, from a developmental standpoint. But uh, although there are, you know, we're going to speculate how I think everybody's speculating what his impact is going to be on offense. What's his impact on special teams? Because he certainly fits the mold for that.
3: Yeah, he does certainly fit the mold for that, and I, I think he can. I think he can be helpful there. Now, that being said, he's missing some time right now with with an injury, so you know, that's going to limit his time out out there too. And, and uh, Pete Limbo has an army of guys to work with. So, you know, whether he's impactful on, on day one, on, on special teams or not, I'm not sure, but, you know, I I think he can certainly, certainly be, be very important there, whether it's blocking kicks or, or or doing something else. I mean, I I think he can be, be really helpful in in that area of the game, but with, uh, with, with those guys, um, with, with so many guys there who can be helpful. I know that Pete Limbo likes his recruiting class from a from a link standpoint. He's got a bunch of guys who are tall and athletic and long arms and they can do different things. Like I I don't know that they're gonna force him out there so quickly.
4: What are you hearing, JC?
0: <sighs> the only thing I heard Brad something said had a long way to go. I, didn't, I haven't heard that. I heard he was progressing pretty quickly before he got hurt. So maybe maybe the injury has sidelined him. It would not surprise me to, to see him not get a snap against North Carolina, especially if it's a close game given the time he's missed because he's a true freshman. Sure. But I think as the season goes along, you're going to see him more and more. What I will caution everybody for is, let's say he does take more time than is needed. Or, or not that is needed, than, than what was expected. You give this guy all the time he wants, man. Yeah. He's too big and fast.
3: <laughs> if, if he takes six games, he takes six games. He takes the whole damn season. He takes the whole damn
0: season. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, he wasn't really a five-star. Uh, if the guy, uh, <laughs> you know, if the guy does not go out and catch 25 passes this year, like I think I mentioned during a show a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I, 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 I think anytime you have an opener like this to you, you coaches tend to narrow it a lot. Like some guys that will definitely play later in the year, probably won't play against North Carolina just because it's a, it's a power five ranked football team you're going to play. Uh, and so you kind of rely on your experience with that, but you know, that, that's kind of my take on it. I, uh, if if he does have a long way to go, quote unquote, I think it's it's more the missed time than any kind of skill set issue or something like that. Or hell, maybe he had a bad practice before he you know got hurt. But I, I think the injury is what's keeping him probably from getting the reps needed to be ready to go and, and part of that big rotation against North Carolina. Well, on the other side of it, Omega Blake has has come on. Yeah, Omega Omega's doing some big things. So John, what have you heard about Omega?
3: Yeah, and I, I mean I think it, I think the uh point needs to be made that you know he was a summer enrollee talking about Harbor. Uh, oh yeah, was, yeah. Enrollee. I mean if you were here in January and been through this a little bit then you know it may be a little bit different story but you know he's missed he he missed at least from Thursday on uh, of 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 camp so he's he's missing the end of camp he's mi- he misses scrimmage um he's going to miss part of uh of, of North Carolina game prep. So, you know, he hadn't he hadn't been through all of this before. Like, it's it's going to be it's going to be a challenge, I think, for him to to be impactful, I- at least in, in game one of the season. So, you know, that and, and as JC said, that doesn't that doesn't mean that I- anything about his his long term future here at South Carolina. But but yeah, o- Omega and Hale has been all o- all over the wide receiver development. Hale has been talking about Omega Blake and, and Elijah Caldwell for mm-hmm. For you know several weeks dating back into the end of the summer, and, and those guys have, have have both been been really good. And and uh you know with there there seem to be five or six guys right now just in in the wide receiver room who the staff is is really comfortable with. And then you throw in the uh, the Trey Knoxes and the Josh Simons of the world, and and you feel really good about what, what you have in the receiving department.
4: Trey Knox yes. is healthy.
3: Yeah, I mean I wouldn't call him a hundred percent just yet, but he'll be a hundred percent this week and he practiced and scrimmaged um on, on Saturday. So so yeah, I mean he's certainly healthy enough to play and and he'll be he'll be a hundred percent and ready to rock by uh by by re- well really this week, but certainly for North Carolina.
4: Uh any thoughts on the new uh defensive end, the transfer Drew Tuazama from UAB. This is been in the works for a, a little while, and uh, he has arrived. Your thoughts on him?
3: Yeah, well, JC certainly knows much more about him than I do, but i I can tell by looking at his bio that he's a freaking monster. I and mean, he's six <laughs> seven, two seventy five. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> like you want that guy being first off the bus, right? So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so, he could. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I mean, that's that's a uh, that's a Gathers type of type of body out there. <laughs> That's so, true.
4: That's
3: we'll, maybe we can see some of those long arms knock down some passes or, or just reach over the offensive tackle and grab the quarterback.
4: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's way too premature to have a conversation like this. They haven't played a daggum game yet. But, John, I mean, when you, actually, when you actually piece together what they have brought in at the end position, this young man, Jatias Gear. Uh, transfer from South Carolina, but of course, transferred from Syracuse. Both of these guys at one point in time played for Syracuse, which is interesting. Um, Desmond Umiazulu, although he is a freshman, you you kind of add those guys to the mix with Jordan Strawn's health. You know, I, it's a, it will be an interesting conversation to have down the road, maybe in a couple of months, about whether this group actually ended up being a little bit better than the group they had last year with Jordan Strawn and. Jordan Birch and Gilbert Edmond who came along very nicely and all those guys
3: yeah I mean a couple of those guys were were okay players last year but I don't think that any of us would sit here and and call that position a strength so um, you know you lost a couple of guys to some big name programs and you know maybe it'll be addition by subtraction just getting some new blood in there with some new guys who can do some different things and and, uh, you know, as you mentioned, those guys have some different skill sets as well. So, you know, and if, if you don't like what you see out there, you can always slide Tonka Hemingway out there some too. So, you know, they've, they've got some options and, and different things that they can do to be uh, be productive and successful. Uh, Elijah Davis could also possibly be that type of guy as well. Sure. To slide outside.
4: By the way, Brian Thomas, is he not speaking <coughs> up on y'all? He's a guy that I just I continue to hear good things about.
3: Really good swing. Yeah, he, he was in the second second group the other day, uh at open yeah. practice, I believe. So yeah, I mean he's he's doing some things too. That dude can get the quarterback, man. He's a uh yeah. he's a natural pass rusher. So you can you
0: can run rabbit's packages now if you yeah. have a 260-pound, 280-pound DN, you can slide aside, all this good stuff. So it's uh it's um and look here, here's here's something that should excite people too. Let, let's say Say like Tui Azama comes back next year because he does have another year. You're only losing Jordan Strawn and Tyree Johnson out of that room. Mm-hmm. And you're replacing him with Dylan Stewart.
4: <laughs>
0: and whoever else you get. But uh, Dylan Stewart, sort of one of those freshmen that I don't think we're going to be talking about. Oh, he just needs time. Maybe. But he looks, the book on him is he's extremely polished and could step on and play college football right now. So, uh hey, this is the, f- the present and future. Things are looking up, right? Thanks for looking
2: up. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, not, look for a you. lot of what's going on and what we're hearing is about offense coming out of camp and, you know, all the little nuggets about what's going on that side. And there's not been much said about what's happening defensively. Is it, Should we read anything into that?
3: I mean that's a fair question, and and I'm not real sure how to answer it because most of my nuggets have been on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> um, you know, Patrick Demarco on here this next segment maybe may yeah, that's mean. a good question for Patrick. So um, you know, I, I I don't I don't know how to read into that. You know, the, the little tidbits I pick up are, are typically on the offensive side. I think that's what a lot of folks like to hear about because we've been so so bad of, at, at offense around here for a long time, almost regardless of sport. So. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, so I get, – get, uh, get, get old DeMarco to, to chime in on that one.
4: Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll defer no, to seriously. the second half on that.
3: No,
0: yeah. I, no James is freaking out now because he asked about the odd defense earlier. I've heard the defense is had a good camp. Uh, I have too.
4: The I've defense heard had a good camp.
0: normal. And how I look, you know, the two times Carolina has been, like, really, really bad defensively, uh, 2014 and 2020. All those camps, I heard offense is going up and down the field. Offense is going to be good. Offense is be good, and one of those offenses was record setting. One was,
4: yeah, it was the was best in the history go. of the program. Yeah, so twenty fourteen, but,
0: but you know, but those the two, those were defense. bad defenses, and so I think, um, yeah, awful. I think it's always positive when and the defense, uh, by all accounts, in the first scrimmage was better, and then the offense bounced back. So it's been kind of doable. So, uh, but yeah, don't worry about that. Just because the tidbits have come on offense. I think there's probably in fairness a lot more question marks on offense. I mean, who who are we really? All right, so, so maybe like there's a pup Howard if he was healthy. Debo Williams battle at linebacker. How healthy hmm. is Mokaba? You know, Fortune yeah. and Dial are starting at corner. You know, DQ and Nick are starting at safety. You know, Boogie and Tucker are going to be starting D tackles. Or Sanders is going to slide in. You know, Strong has had yes. Yeah, I, I think. I am calling for and looking for this defense to really maybe take a step forward this year, perhaps a significant one.
4: I hope and you're right.
3: I, yeah. I mean, I do agree with everything you said there,
4: John. We got to let you run on that note. Pat is uh, is due up next, and we're on a tight timeline with him. But uh, next week we we'll actually get to talk about a Dadgum football game, and we can't wait for that. So, uh, in the meantime, enjoy uh, enjoy. The opening weekend of college football. At least it gives us something and we know uh, you like the rest of us are are greatly looking forward to the uh Hawaii Vanderbilt game.
3: So yes, uh, absolutely we can't
0: wait. Make sure we ask you about Kingston's extension next week because we didn't. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah
4: we didn't. <laughs> we'll bring we'll just bring you back on Friday.
3: <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you guys. Take Thanks, John.
4: Life. There you go. John Whittle with the big spur. <laughs> Gotta go. Pat DeMarco up next, right here on Inside the Game Cox the show. Columbia, and go Gamecocks! If you're in the real estate market in the Lowcountry or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life, as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to coast realty SC.com is where you can find our staff and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks.
0: Coach O here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the of summer, go Tiger.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. <laughs>
1: Time for talking ball with Pat DiMarco on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network. <laughs>
2: Those of you under a certain age, Pat Markville played a position called fullback. <laughs> pretty damn good at it, <laughs> and we're happy to have him here talking ball with us this afternoon. How you doing, Pat? I am good.
1: Just got out of the gym. Don't be surprised if you see a comeback coming here at the next. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing. That. Uh,
2: hey, are, yeah, you look good,
1: man. Oh,
4: man, <laughs> a boy! Hey, I just uh, maybe
1: some wreck flag, wreck flag football around the corner for me.
4: We could get on. Uh, we could get on with Flint's team and Mount Pleasant.
1: That's a long drive. How much are they paying?
4: We'll, we'll send. Uh, we'll send big. We'll, be, we'll send big. Big funds jet.
0: Hey, they, uh, the Chicago Gamecock Club. I didn't know this because I'd have been up there for this. They have like an SEC uh, flag football tournament. Oh wow! In Chicago for all the alumni associations up there. I I can still play a little. Should
1: get- I mean, Center. We, yeah, we had our alumni game before the spring game, and well, you can get Garcia, Mo Brown, Perry Orr. Um I don't know if would you really carry a fullback, but me and Brewer, I guess, two of the – I mean, that's, oh. that's a gritty team. I don't know if it's going to do well on seven on seven though. <laughs> I was about to. Say, I, don't know.
0: I, I think I think these were just fans, man. We showed up with all those guys. <laughs> I, getting, yeah. I, I think I'm first coming. prize was like a thousand dollars or something. So it was pretty. I had no idea there was even such a thing until I saw it on social media the other day. So,
4: so give, anyway. give me Brewer, Dude's Still a competitor, man. He's well, he he competes about literally anything. <laughs> he. So, um, I mean,
1: I, I, talked, I saw him at the Hammond game. What was it on Friday night and. He was talking about how he put his soccer cleats on and compete with the girls. His girls are really good soccer players with him, and he's yeah. like, "I'll throw the cleats on and I'll 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 push and shove with them and I'll I'll see how tough they really are." Like, uh, yeah,
4: but yeah, but they got their the girls got their athleticism from Liz, not Ryan.
1: I, I completely agree.
4: <laughs> you know, so is so and their looks. No offense, now, if you're if you're watching. All right, uh, all right, Pat. So final week of camp, kind of. I mean, they'll, they'll pretty much, with, with the game next Saturday, when, when are they going to kind of turn the page to, to game prep? Wednesday?
1: I would imagine they'll probably do one or two more camp practices, like kind of just I – mean, it might be more geared towards the younger guys to see who's willing to answer the bell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say probably come Tuesday, Wednesday, they'll probably start installing for North Carolina. I mean, that's what we did. When I was with the Bills, the Bills and Falcons, the last, the fourth preseason game would always be a kind of a young guy. And it's, it's two weeks before the first game would be a young guy game. And then you'd install with the starters and the guys that are probably going to make the roster. So you get two weeks of install, two weeks of getting kind of familiar with the plays are going to be called. So I would imagine middle of this week, they'll start installing and getting ready for North Carolina. OK, so what I think one of the things
4: that's been asked in a variety of ways around here already in the program and then going back to last week, they're, they're through. They've already scrimmaged twice. That's it. Uh, the next time they play a game is the Tar Heels. Uh, is there a general rule of thumb as to what side of the ball is ahead of the other uh, kind of as you start to wind camp down?
1: Well, I mean, we talked about it last week. The first. First couple days, like it's a lot easier for a three technique or defensive end just to scream up field and say, Screw my gap integrity. I'm just going to haul butt up the field and just cause havoc. Um, But I think as you get kind of familiar with the guy next to you and familiar with scheme and how the OC is going to call and how the O line coach wants to block it, depth and timing, quarterback receiver, I think it starts to, the the playing field's probably evened out by now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a head-to-head battle back and forth. I imagine, and I know Coach Beamer, just from being there the last two years, he does competitive periods. And I would imagine it's probably offense, defense. They blend a decent amount. Some days the offense wins. Some days the defense wins. Um, I imagine they're probably doing a lot of situational football, so getting ready for the two-minute situations, the four-minute, the end of games, the hurry-up field goals, kind of polishing. The game plan stuff. I mean, shoot. When I was Buffalo, was absolutely incredible about this. But we had a, we practiced a certain situation every single day before practice, and it was walk ish. So you weren't full speed sprinting, but it would be, hey, we're down four with thirty eight seconds left with the ball on the on our minus thirty yard line. So you have to score a touchdown. You have two timeouts. Let's see how it plays out. And the defense was always told, hey, nobody's warmed up, so you can't make a competitive play on the ball. If it's a ball in the air, we don't want anybody getting tangled up hurt. Um, But you get those reps. And, I mean, I'll tell you what, like my third, fourth year in Buffalo, the situational football was like rapid fire. I mean, we saw the Chiefs, um, saw the Bills Chiefs game. I mean, was it three years ago? I mean, that's just that situational football, back and forth, back and forth.
4: Uh, by the way, let me interject this real quick, too. Drake May named a preseason second-team All-American by the AP. Kai Kroger, the punter for the Gamecocks, also on that team. So, Kai is going to try to make Dre throw it out of his own end zone, essentially, to score coming up is here a second, of Is the guy yeah. from
0: Iowa first?
4: Second. Uh, it, uh, the is, Yeah, you're talking about the punter? Yeah. Um, You know what?
2: Doesn't that's, that's a,
0: a pile of crap. It is.
2: Jory Taylor, the, yeah,
0: yeah, the worst offense in the country by a mile. Oh, Iowa did last year. Yeah. You don't yeah. think your putter is going to be pretty good? I mean, I, you know, Kyle won a game for I guess the top <laughs> anyway. Uh, Pat, so they got Drew Toozama in now. Uh, he just got there in the NFL, and, and I know there's much more time in practice every day than you have in college, so it's going to take longer weeks-wise. <laughs> Guys get traded and they come in. How <laughs> and and if they're and this kid's not a, a vet. I mean, this kid's not a freshman. He's, I think it's his fourth he's, college. He's, much ball, yeah. he's old. What's your realistic take on how long it's going to take him to ge- be a guy that can go play in a game, uh, having, ha- knowing that he's come in at this
1: stage. Shoot. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, in, in the NFL, you get caught on Monday. You're expected to play on Sunday. Um, you get six days and you're thrown in the fire. I mean, that's, it's a different game because you're hired and fired, bam, right there on the spot. But I would imagine he's going to be acclimated and ready to go come two Saturdays. It's now the whole plethora of playbooks and pressures and dropping into coverage and all the different things. will they'll probably have a like, have a leash for him on certain things he can do. Set the edge, run TE games. They'll put him in. Miss something we talked about with Dow, He's going to like just like Clayton White's going to put him in to succeed in situations where he knows what to do, how to do it. Um, so I would imagine just being what he's six four, six five, two seventy-five. I mean, that's that's an immediate edge right there. I mean, he put him in there first and second down, say, Hey, keep outside levers, nothing gets inside of you. The guard comes, go hit him in his freaking neck and shut the hole down right there, or hey, quarterback rolls out. I want you to take on that back. I want you to run him right back into the quarterback, certain stuff like that. I think he'll be able to come in and contribute right away, especially to a like a thin position like we have um at the end so i mean that's a great ad i mean any guy with experience and exposure and playing big time division one football i mean you take those guys all day every day it kind of
4: that's a great question by jc too and expanding on that a little bit here pat you've you've got probably a couple of guys you could circle and say that they're the big old traditional sec run stoppers on this team Mm -hmm. if you'd like uh yeah, uh, Nick Barrett certainly uh you know comes to mind. Uh TJ yeah. Sanders, couple of big guys in there. But outside of that, you know, they're all seemingly in really good shape. Six three, six four, six five, three hundred pounds. And here's another guy who kind of kind of falls into that mold a little bit, although he's at end. Uh we when you the the last couple of years, well beyond that, the last few years, South Carolina has has struggled greatly to stop the run or Let's say just slow down the run. They don't have to stop it. Just slow it down uh, mm-hmm. and and give yourselves a chance. Um, c- can you walk us through what type of player kind of succeeds in the SEC uh, it, it, on the interior there? Are there chances where big guys like Tuozama, who JC just mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. can kind of slide inside? I mean, what, what does it take to be an elite player at that position? Do you have to be 330 pounds? I mean, what does that mean?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it- – you depends on the skill set you have and the tools you have. I mean, I mean you look at Aaron Donald, like you know, he's the fraction of a one percent um at 285, whatever he weighs. I and mean, then he takes the shirt off, he looks like he's two twenty, but he plays it probably around two ninety. Um, I mean he's the type of I mean, when you think about stopping the run, it is gap integrity. That's all it is. There's there's a hat for each gap. And as an offense, all you're trying to do, or at least all we tried to do when we were attacking team was to get one guy out of gap. So whether it's cutting the outside leg of a guy who has contain or whether it's the defensive end supposed to wrong arm you, but you're able to get your inside shoulder and in, you're able to get your hat across and kind of peel them out. Um, I mean, it's gap integrity. So, I mean, it's it's math, right? I mean, there needs to be somebody in the A gap there needs to be somebody in the B gap there needs to be somebody in the C gap. If the DN spills, he has a C gap, but the safety has to come fit the D gap outside. So, um, you know, you don't have to, there's no make model to succeed at that position. I mean, interior, you definitely want to have just a big old, mean, strong joker who's good with his hands. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a man whoop a man game. And, and you know, you're getting a lot of double teams and three technique there. So you got to be able to anchor and hold up. And I mean, I think back to when I was in Atlanta, we had a guy named Paul Soliai who was, he played at Miami. He was played for the Carolina Panthers. He was 350, and he could probably ran five flat. But, I mean, it took two jokers to block him every single play. And because of that, Paul Warlow and Sean Witherspoon, and those guys at the second level were running scot-free. Um, so you either got to be a guy who takes two, or you need to be a guy that can win his one-on-one matchup and shed the block and, and you know, eyes in my gap, see the defensive or see the running back bounce, shed, get off, and make a play. Um, you see that I still got a little bit of wiggle on my head. Not much else, but <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay. On that note, you're talking about gap integrity and things of that nature. Linebackers come into play heavily in this, especially in the SEC. What does it take to play linebacker in the SEC, and and what do we have here at Carolina that you
1: know of at least? I mean, the biggest thing is brains, man. Um, that position you're essentially the quarterback of the defense. You're getting you're you're shifting the defensive line if there's motion, wherever the tight end set up. I know a lot of Strength of formation is based on tight end, but is the tight end attached? Is he detached? Is he off the ball? Is he a fallback guy? Because if you know, if the deep, if the tight end goes and slice backside, well, now you got two extra gaps on the backside. So now the linebackers have to bounce back, and there's a lot of different fit creations. And that was kind of what um, Kyle Shanahan and all those wide zone schemes have done: is they're they're moving tight ends and they're moving receivers. These jet sweeps and the slices and all this stuff. It's just adding gaps left and right. So it's being able to adjust. And then like, I love Debo Williams. Like he is just a downhill joker. And like that, when I'm playing fullback, I'm, when I'm watching tape, I'm like, all right, this guy's a downhill guy. He's a box player. You know, he's a quick trigger. He sees a gap open. a gaps his, he's running a 40 yard dash through his hole. And I mean, Debo Williams is, I mean, I used to talk to him all last year. I was like, dude, you are disruptive. Keep being disruptive, play downhill blow it up. You see guards pulling, just create a pile on the hole. Cause what, what, what my running backs coach in Atlanta, Bobby Turner used to always say is color scares the back. So it just, it's just as if it's an a gap run, I mean, if you see color, I mean, you see a linebacker fly in there, nose dive, take out the guard, take out the center. And there's just bodies. You just got to start skipping. And as you skip, you're bouncing outside, you're bouncing outside Safety's able to flow and it's giving him time to get downhill and make that play at the line of scrimmage instead of, running back hitting the A gap a million miles an hour. And now the safety's having to make a play at seven yards where he's coming to balance and the running back has a two way go on him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like a downhill linebacker who's, who's going to blow stuff up. Who's good with his hands. Um, but, but you gotta be instinctive cause you have to see, you have to see everything. You have to see the flow of the back. You have to see the flow of the tight ends. You have to see the motions and where the tight end alignment is. It's, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you're the quarterback of the defense. Um, so it's tough, especially with. Um, but, but I mean, I think we got guys: Ben Martin, Scott, Mo Kaba, Stone Blanton. Um, I'm probably missing a few. uh um, yeah, Pop. I mean, Pop, Pop's a freshman, but but he's a freshman who is in for our bowl game, so he's has nine months of, of kind of knowledge of the game and knowledge of this defense under under his belt. So, um, I think these guys will pick it up at a high level, and, and I'm excited to see him play.
4: Yeah, I. I this is. Man, I'm trying to – I don't even know. I, I'm not even going to attempt to do it. This is as deep, I feel like, of a linebacking core as we've had around here in a while. Uh, I keep, for whatever reason – I mentioned this last week to Phil and J.C., Pat. I keep – when I think of Debo Williams, he always makes me think of Shaq Wilson for some reason. Do you think I'm off base there, or do you see any comparisons?
1: Um, I would say he's a – Shaq Wilson junior year senior year. Yes. Shaq Wilson, freshman sophomore year, was about 220 and was a sideline to sideline, extremely smart football player. Shaq is one of the smartest football players I had played with um, during my time in South Carolina from just a defensive responsibility. He came in his freshman year. He was 191 pounds or 198 pounds and played middle linebacker as a true freshman in the SEC. That's a dog. <laughs> You that tough? was like, good, man. I mean, and, and and the only he grew in size and he grew in his athleticism and all this stuff. So I would say, freshman sophomore year he was smaller, but very instinctive, great coverage linebacker. And then his junior senior year he kind of molded more into the Mike linebacker. Hey, I'm I got the box. I'll I'll get all you guys else. I get everybody else on the same page. But tackle to tackle, this is this is my territory, my area
4: yeah he and that's what I was referencing him later cuz Shaq did get bigger. I didn't realize he was that light though when he got to Carolina. All right, Pat, um let's talk about Spencer for a minute here because again, they're about to kind of turn the page and get into the uh start getting into the game planning for the Tar Heels next week. I did not realize this by the way and JC, you probably have a lot more information than I do. We'll talk about it next week in previewing the ball game. Not all these guys were starters, but North Carolina lost 50 players from their defense alone to the portal last year, uh, which is stunning. I know that they added a few as well, but um, that's a lot. So Rattler, I mentioned this to John Whittle a little while ago, and the reporting that continues to come back from no names like J.C. Sherbert and and Whittle and others. I'm just kidding, J.C. You know that. Um, the The word that keeps coming out of camp with Spencer is comfortable, Pat. Comfortable. He's, comfortable. he's comfortable. He's comfortable. He's comfortable. And uh, I, you know, there's really nobody out there who can explain this better than than you could. Um, Spencer went as far as to say in a in an interview a little bit over a week ago uh, that this offense quote suits me better. So you hear that he's comfortable. Hmm. What does that tell you about this guy who's been around a while and he's got an offensive coordinator who certainly knows what a quarterback looks like that should be in the NFL.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Dow, you'd be sitting here and you'd be wrong if you didn't think Dow did his homework before he took the job here on Spencer. He knew what his strengths were. Um, I mean, Dow had options. Um, So if you didn't think that he knew what he was getting into and knew how he wanted to cater the offense and make this thing work, I mean, it's a quarterback-driven league. I mean, I was a running back, but it's a quarterback-driven league in any way, shape, or form. So you have to cater it to him. And and I I would say – Comfortable is a word, but I think a better word for that would be confident. Um, so, yes, comfortable, but also confident in what he's doing and confident in the guy making the play calls and confident in the guys up front and confident that if it's first and ten and we're trying to stay ahead of the sticks, that he can spit a, spit a swing pass out to Juju or AB or one of these guys and he can trust that he's going to get him a second and manageable. Um, so, I mean – Comfortable, confident. I mean, I think it's a um, – those go pretty similar hand in hand. But, I like, for me it was – like, conf- like confidence was a mother. Um, and it, it really carried me forward in my game. And I would imagine that's what Spencer's kind of leading into. And you also got to think he's, he's more confident in the guys around him. He's more confident in – his film sessions, and he's more confident in being in Columbia, South Carolina, and expectations, and all these things. So, um, I think he's set up to have a huge year. Um, I always really enjoyed my interaction with him. He's a really, really sharp young man, um, professional through and through. Um, so, I mean, I think big things are coming, and he's just—you um, know—the big thing for him is because he is such a playmaker. Is is just take what's there. Um, you know, when you try to do too much, that's when some bad stuff happens. So comfortable, confident, but also play within the game. Take what's in front of you, take what's there. That was something that was always echoed by every single coach I had in the NFL was you get in trouble early on when you start to think you can make every single pass, make every single play, and one or two don't go your way and then you're playing from behind the sticks or behind the scoreboard. Um, so early on, it's about playing smart football, not beating yourself, not turning the ball over, playing penalty free football and just being efficient on first and second down, putting yourself in third and manageable situations. Um, I mean, I um, – yeah, I was watching some preseason NFL football games with Weston on Saturday, and, like, it just – you sit there and you're watching something, and I'm like, oh, they should burn a timeout, they should burn a timeout. Oh, why didn't they burn a timeout? Like, just certain <laughs> situational things. Um, and it's And, you know, that's what the preseason for, that's what these scrimmages are for, to find out where your holes are, find out what you need to get better at. Um, And then just stack days, get 1% better each day. Are you familiar
2: enough with Lenora Sellers to say whether or not he's too great an athlete to keep off the field and some even a limited capacity this year?
1: Uh, I mean, just looking at him and watching from the outside, just watching his presence. Like he is a Cam Newton-esque body type athletic ability. Um, a physicality. Um, the quarterback position is extremely tough, as we all know, uh, extremely demanding from a mental standpoint, from an athletic standpoint. But from everything I see, he's wired right. He's locked in. He's developed relationships with the players, with the coaches. He's done everything to put himself in a situation that he probably has earned an opportunity to get a couple plays here and there and show what he can do. Um I mean, he's – I think he's a heck of a talent. He was a great get for us. I mean, watching him come in for spring ball and what he did in the spring game just from being – like you got to think he was deer in headlights for a portion of that stuff too, but yes. just his athletic, athletic playmaking ability is so far above what other guys can do. Um, I was watching this thing Luke Kuechly uh, on social media was talking about how just underrated Cam was and how he kind of changed the game. And I'm sitting there and playing for the Falcons and sitting on the sideline and watching Cam. I mean, if they get in third and one or third and two, like might as well not even play this down. The next play is going to be a first down. They're going to run a quarterback power and they're going to have an extra hat and say the safety's unblocked. Good luck blocking 260, running a four, four right through the hole. Um, So um, (laughs) no, I think he's going to be an asset for us. I think he you know I don't want to put words in everybody's mouth but I, I could definitely see him being the future of Carolina football um at least with big upside and, and and a lot of excitement around him
4: 1224 Pat DeMarco on this Monday it is our final Monday thank god of 2023 <laughs> without Gamecock football playing a football game uh so we're pretty we're pretty giddy about that Pat we we talked earlier The offensive line had a couple of uh, changes per reports this weekend um, in the scrimmage. Jackson Hughes, a transfer from the Charlotte 49ers, who played away Williams price last year, was in there at J.C., left tackle, right? He was in there at left tackle. And Ja'Kai Moore had slid down to left guard. And Nick Gargiulo was at – where was Gargiulo at right, right tackle? Guard.
0: They, they, they right, put right, it right guard. Right guard. And then Fougare was at right tackle. So and
4: yeah. uh, and Vershawn was still at center, right? Vershawn, still mm-hmm. Vershawn. Okay. Uh and and seemingly things went well. I I guess what I'm getting at here is we we've, we've got Shane said months ago they're they're looking at it to have eight guys. They want to have eight guys. We can roll them out there, and they're going to be might have eight guys. Pat, I think they feel pretty good about five, six, yep. seven,
1: maybe maybe eight. You say that and you don't I don't hear names like Casey Henry and um, yep. Trey Jones and um Tyson Watermaker, I mean guys that have played meaningful snaps for Carolina already. So I mean I mean if if, if those five they think are the course daughters, then you also got just those three names I dropped that have played ball um, in the SEC, I think that's that's a good place to start. And like I said last week, like kind of getting your getting your feel and getting your feet wet for the offensive line. Like it takes time, like understanding how the double teams are going to work, where the aiming points are, communication, triggers. Um, but that's all stuff that like, I, I know I praised Lonnie Teasley last week and I'll praise him again. Like he is so darn good at that stuff and getting those guys in sync. So, um, I mean, and Greg Alkins, I mean, you get two full-time coaches in that position. Um, so, I, I think those guys will be greased up and ready to go. Yeah, well, I think I- – Sorry.
4: No, I, just quick follow up JC. I'll, I'll let you take it from here. I, I if you let's say that next week there are three starters on the offensive line who are transfers, garjula from Yale, uh Hughes from Charlotte and Fugar from Western Illinois. By the way, Sydney Fugar pretty sure one time ate like an entire cow, like not just <laughs> parts of it. Like I think he just shoved the whole th- I mean he is enormous. Yeah, uh, so if you have If you have three transfers in there who have never played outside of practice in a few scrimmages together, uh, and you mentioned the time that that comes together, what's important to keep that coming or to make it come together as fast as it can? And I I guess what I'm getting – my understanding is have a quarterback, which they do, have a center, which I feel like they do with Mm Vershawn Lee. So how, how would you summarize that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's meeting room time. It's walkthrough time. It's full speed, game reps, like, like scout team stuff, getting the actual looks you're going to get. I mean, it, it comes with time. And I mean, you got two weeks to really staple that down. If they think they got the best five out there right now, I mean, in my opinion, if, if you think that's the best five, run with that five and let that five get confident together. And then after game one, if there's holes, if there's areas that you think you can get better on, I mean, have those guys ready to go in and fire, but I think guys will play best if they know where they stand and guys can go out there and be confident and not, like I hated playing within the back of my mind, I'm like man, if I screw up, like they got so-and-so waiting to replace me right now because once you start playing timid, you start patting your feet, start thinking too much you start thinking instead of just go a million miles an hour and trust my rules. You start playing like, eh, let me make sure I protect myself here, so I don't get beat here. And you're not playing fast. You're not playing confident. So, um, I mean, I, I say that outside speaking. In I mean, those guys have a lot more intel and they kind of understand where things are and how it's going to shake out. But um, I just know personally from from my stance, I enjoyed and I respected working with coaches that were completely transparent with me and let me know where I was. Hey, Pat you're probably number 54 on the 53 man roster right now. I really need to see something from you this last preseason game for you earn your spot. Yes, sir. Thank you for being honest with me. I'm going to go bust my tail this week. Um, Cause I want to be on this team. I think I've earned a spot. Um, you can trust me, yada, yada, yada. So, um, you know, hopefully they're having those conversations and, and, and these guys can go out there and and have peace of mind knowing that, hey man, I'm, I can I can play free, I can I can I can have fun because that's when that's when you're gonna play at your highest levels when you're having fun and playing for the guy to your left and your right.
4: What idiot had you at fifty four? you guys should be fired.
1: Shoot, I mean that was my my first three years <laughs> in the NFL. I was, I mean, I was sitting there and I'm like looking over my shoulder, I, trying to figure it, it out. Yeah, you know, you know, like, ninety to goes eight, from ninety two, to seventy five, and I'm. Turning around looking, I'm like, all right, I'm better than him, better than him, better than him. I'm like, all right, I'm in the top 60, so here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> seven of, the left of us are gonna be odd man out. It's time to work. Yeah,
4: I'm gonna slash this guy's tires. He is not gonna make it into camp tomorrow. He's, gonna be, no he's one. gonna
1: be late for the team meeting. I'm gonna tell Jake him to start here. at five when it
0: starts at eight. Yeah, that's right. Just set his time zone back on that. Put him in central time if you're an Eastern or something like that. You're going you're gonna to be like
4: the guy from uh, 10 Cup. You're going to be the caddy. You need to go get drunk. You know, <laughs> make him late the next morning. Hit chili peppers at Lee Jansen's yes. ass. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what we need. Go ahead, JC. I cut you off four minutes ago, man. Sorry about that.
0: Oh no, I was just going to make a comment. I, I think Jakob Moore, Pat, is a better guard. Go- I think he's a, a solid tackle. I think he's a much better guard. Uh, I, I thought he kind of found a home there last year down the stretch. And uh wanted to get your take on it. You also mentioned Case and Henry. Uh you know, he kind of walked out there first for practice the other day, according to Hale's report. And so maybe there's a battle with him and Hughes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I know I mean, that when healthy, they thought a lot with him. So what can you what can you really tell us about those two guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know Ja'Kai's played a bunch of football. I mean, he played as a freshman, played as a sophomore, played as a junior. Um, I mean, He's battled some injuries, and, and he's had some bad luck happen his way, but he's got a lot of experience, um, and I can tell you this. You're a lot more protected at guard than you are at tackle, so unless you really have your home run sure thing out there at tackle um, – you can protect people at guard. I mean, you got a guy to your left. Um, there are a lot of moving parts pulling and kind of that sense and relaying the communication aspect. So, um, you know, full trust and and those guys and, and going to do what's best for those guys. But um, I mean, I think Ja'Kai at, at either way, he's played a lot of football. I think if he, like, they're probably putting him where he is most likely to succeed and play his best. Mm. So guard tackle. I mean, I love that kid. Uh, he spent a lot of time in my office last year, just, um, Diving in, getting to know each other, spending life together, growing together from on a personal level. So, um, you know, I hope all the best for him, and I, I know yeah. good, good big things are ahead for him. He's a great, great kid. I love that kid.
0: I, I mean, I, I got to know him a little bit at the events mm-hmm. we had for Carolina Rise, and I mean, he's had some bad stuff go his way, but he's a he's an overcomer. And I yep. like that about him. But yeah, you know, Casey Henry, he's another kind of young guy. But you know, people mm-hmm. been talking about him. What do you know about what do you know about, uh, what do you know about Because He's kind of a guy our audience probably isn't as familiar with because he redshirted last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, Casey kind of has has a little bit of that dog in him um, and that I that I really like, um, and, I, and I noticed that. I mean, that's just something. I don't know if it's just my intuition or just being around football for so long. Like, I can watch one or two practices and watch how somebody fires off the ball, and I'm like, he's got it or he doesn't. Um, I mean, that's just something I see pretty tight and extensively. And granted, there's That's just a very small part of the makeup. There's a lot of technical, but if you're willing to fire off the ball and not blink your first snap in the SEC, first practice, whatever it is, like I can work with you. now if you're blinking six times before that snap, you might have great technique, but you still got that blink in your eye. Um, So, and, and was somebody that I think from some conversations I had with him last year, like he wants to take on leadership roles um, he has kind of that growth potential and has that. Hey, if you're not holding your weight, I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to, hey, man, like, carry your weight, man. We're only as strong as our weakest link. So pick your stuff up. Um, and that's all stuff that comes in building a team and developing that team. And, uh, and Kason's got that dog in him. I mean, I, I, I saw that spark in his eye, I saw him get pissed to practice. Um, I saw that type of stuff. So, I mean, he is definitely a high-ceiling guy. Um, Is he ready to play right now in the SEC? I don't know. I haven't been out of practice. But last year, there was a lot of promising stuff I saw in him.
4: Pat, we'll let you run on that note, my man. Next week, uh, I got good news for you. We get to talk about an actual football game. Let's go. You know, they play 15-minute quarters, two halves, the whole nine yards, the ball, the tee, the players. We get to talk about all that stuff and uh, certainly looking forward to that. And and one of the things we'll mix in next week as well with you pertaining to that ball game and every other ball game is South Carolina special teams. I actually yeah. yesterday I went back and, and watched the end of the Clemson game and uh, yeah, yeah, you did, you
1: didn't,
4: didn't win that game without special teams in that one. Uh, what a, what a, what a day. The best special teams in college football, hopefully again, returning under Pete Limbo and Shane Beamer. Have a, have a great week, man. Can't wait to, can't wait to get into it again next week.
1: Yeah. Looking forward to it guys. Thanks for having me as always.
4: Always. You're the man. You know that. There you go. The great Pat DeMarco talking ball with Pat DeMarco. We are powered by electric bikes of Charleston. I got good news for both of you. Finally getting my rower this week. I went and I saw the shell over the about, weekend. Yep. Yeah, yeah, talking it up. You i been know. talking about that rower Dude. for about
0: six months now.
4: I know. I went and finally picked it out. It's coming this week. They're delivering it. I mean,
0: my mother got an electric bike.
4: Can I tell you how cool the Wilkins are? They allow you to bring your to walk your dog, and like if you if you want to bring your dog into the store because it's combined electric bikes and Charleston, Charleston. fitness equipment. All right. And so this couple walks their dog in there. Two two dogs. These little these little little yappers. That's what I call them. And one of them goes and takes a crap on the floor by <laughs> one of the big pieces of workout equipment. Wow. And I looked over and the lady who it was her dog, she said, "Oh, yeah, you know, I I know I know why I did that because the uh the, the mat that's underneath the equipment there, it's green. He thought it was grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, regardless of what he thought it was, if you don't I, mind,
2: uh, would one of you please pick up the poop geez. because we got customers in here. Yeah. Clean oh, up. We're no, colorblind. That's... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's what she said. Uh, you know, not whatever. True. She's know.
0: blaming somebody
2: You dog probably didn't allow your dog to go before you walked in the uh, damn store.
0: The dog's yeah. in a new place. He's probably a little nervous, you know. Yeah. Hey, when you're nervous, you you poop. Sometimes. Oh, he he circled the
4: area, squatted, and you know he was ready to go. I mean, he had the thing all mapped out. So, uh, you know, keep it in mind if you want to go get yourself a bike or you want to you want to get some workout equipment to put in your homes, whatever it is. Keep you you your dog is allowed to poop in in their building as long as you buy something nice. So uh, just.
0: (laughs) I'd feel bad if I walked in there. I got Shanghai to buy like a $1,700 piece of equipment because Red took a crap in the store. <laughs> no, yeah. I, it's a good no, no, my my mother actually, uh, I went to see my mom yesterday. I, I actually hung out with Phil all weekend in Greenville. It's kind of fun. I know Phil y'all are both why. here, which is yeah. better. Uh, but he, uh, but anyway, I went to my, I went to my brother's yesterday to go swimming and hang out with my mom. That all my nephews and nieces and nieces. Ooh. And, uh, She's bought an electric bike. All right, but not from electric bikes. It's just another one, but I could. She bitch. didn't. She didn't call me first, right? She should yeah. have.
4: But she got, she, got, that she
0: got an electric tricycle.
4: Yeah, yeah, that seems. little basket sweet, on it,
0: because she has terrible knees, right? And so they're going hunting down in, or I'm sorry, camping down in Hunting Island, uh, and she's like, "Well, the, the place to go take a shower is like two miles from the site." My knees can't get there, about so two she's going to be driving this electric tricycle. She said the thing goes 40 miles an hour on a tricycle.
2: Yeah. Uh 40? It's <laughs> <up>. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> like the Wilkins Witch of the West. You remember that because it has a little basket on 40 it? Like an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you can get something like that from. Michelle and, and gang at uh, electric Bicycle. Oh, Johnson. they have everything. C- certainly are happy that they're sponsored. One of our best sponsors of the show. She also is a, a contributor uh, to her business to Carolina. Ride. Die
4: hard uh, game. I appreciated that. We talked ball for an hour. Seriously. I just sat there and kept talking about football with her. She, and then uh, she was like, she's do you want to? So do you want to get the rower or what? I was like,
0: Oh yeah. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Might as well.
4: Um, talking
0: about this thing for eight months.
4: Sweetest people ever, man. They're the, they're the best. So, yeah, uh, if you, uh, even if you don't want to ride a bike, if you want to stay in shape, they literally have anything you could dream of to put in your home, make treadmill, whatever it is I'm telling you, they're the best. bikes, your dot Charleston.com. All right. Got to hit a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet-style. and seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food units, bring on-site, and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Three three six two five nine seven five five zero. 259 7550
0: If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in a plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today
4: golfers and wannabe golfers former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina electric bikes of charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two
2: wheels
4: (laughs) magnum velatric event bikes and more and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise bikes are available all ages and sizes. Electric or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bites of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Yeah.
1: Electric Bites of Charleston! Electric Bites of Charleston! Electric Bites of Charleston! Electric Bites of Charleston!
2: the game cuts the show we are here on a monday before games actually start to count all right those of I'll you
4: be-
2: those of you that are in the chat box right now um roll call who's going to charlotte Trying to get I a head count. We need to know how much pimento cheese the to Topers to bring.
4: No, no, no we, we ain't giving away my pimento cheese now. This crap already happened to me once. This is not happening again. Don't tell anybody that it's gonna be there.
0: a <laughs> hey, Breaking 70 said he's new. Give him some love. Here's some love, Breaking.
4: Ah, yep. what's up, Breaking? We'll give you the the old heart. Julie, Julie's headed to Charlotte. There you go.
0: This right. hat will be in Charlotte. We'll I will give it to someone who's lucky. Okay, so yeah, I've got
4: weird. a few of those I need to give away, as a matter of fact.
0: Chief app. It don't fit Jamie's head. I got 12, specifically Download. for Jamie, in case he wanted to wear all 12. Didn't <sighs> oh. measure his head.
4: <laughs> Make sure you've downloaded the Chief Sports app. Tell your friends about I it as well. Uh, sure. Those of you, by the way, who were using it on Friday night, check your high school scores. Hope uh, hope that made things easier on you. Uh, Zach is in. Zach is going to be in Charlotte as well. Okay. Oh. So, uh, uh Will doesn't care. What are you hearing about Braswell? I For, you know what I feel 14. is funny. I'm gonna pick on some guys here and some guys who are some of our some of our uh our long time uh longtime listener, first time callers, you know, like Craig and those guys. Every about every day there's a, a question of well, I hadn't heard about this receiver. I hadn't heard about that receiver, I haven't heard about this guys. I can't play play them all. They ain't all gonna play. <laughs> you know, like I yeah. wish I wish this guy was well. That guy's if that guy's playing, then guess what? What's the flip side of that? If Kyla Horton is in there playing, then guess what? Somebody else ain't playing. And then the question is, why isn't that guy playing? They can only play up to five at a time. So I,
0: I also want people to keep in mind too. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, it's not time to give up Kyla Horton yet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Omega Blake is in what you're three? And by the way, I'm.
4: Totally tongue in cheeking it with you, correct? Dragging all these guys.
0: I, I want but, these guys to ask questions about players because absolutely, they, they know they're the the group of the part of the fan base that knows who Kyler Horton is. Yeah,
4: exactly. Right.
0: There's some guys some folks that that awesome. tickets. Yeah, there's different. We, we went through this when we um when we uh, had twenty four seven sports when we were talking about like, okay, who do we need to reach as a company because we had rivals and that was kind of your diehards, right? Well, how do we expand that to your sort of ca- more casual people that, you know, because there's 80,000 people that show up at a game. Mm-hmm. And there's a group of the fans that, you know, they they got season tickets. They're diehard, but they really just care about the game. They don't follow it like the recruiting. They don't know the the, the four deep like these guys do. They they know the starters and they'll read the preview magazines and, and, and maybe these days get on a website and read an article or something. But it's – uh you know, it's uh, it's one of those things, uh, and so those folks are the ones that 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 you know may listen to our show, but maybe not. So I, I wanted, I, I do like the people that you know like ask about Braswell. Uh, yeah. Braswell's fourteen.
4: Yeah, he's fourteen.
0: Fourteen, but, right now. You, but that's, that doesn't mean he's not going yeah,
4: to. mean, yeah, he's going to play some at some point. Time he's going to play. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and the uh,
0: scrimmage breaking went. Uh, we did talk about it. Offense and, was better. But, it's just like you want it. Offense to be better, come back that second scrimmage.
4: Uh, Breaking. If you're just tuning in, uh, go back and and, and uh, listen, listen uh, to John Whittle, uh, who joined us in hour number one with a big breakdown of that, and certainly, if you missed Pat DeMarco and what he had to say. Lance is coming to the tailgate, but he doesn't know where it is. <laughs>
3: Lance, Lance, we'll where, where you been, uh, man?
0: man. <laughs> to get you there. <laughs> it's on your website.
4: Oh, sweet, nah, night, uh, Lance. You know, just, just, just Google it, and uh, we'll we'll see you in Charlotte there, my man. All right, so uh, coming up this weekend again with college football set to go. Um, before, well, the the week week zero, excuse me. Week zero. At least they get away from that. Just call it week one. Yeah, because it's it's not week week zero. It that's impossible. It can't be week zero. It's week one. Next week would be, you know what? This is going to blow your minds. But everybody, calm down. Week two. (laughs) This is it's amazing what, what what happens here. Um.
2: Give it a good name, like this is Week Prime, and then it's Week, you, you know that because Zero. What is it? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know,
4: man. I mean, come on, it's Week One. Grow up, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm sick and tired of this Week Zero crap that we've been dealing with. I, who came? Somebody came up with this. Some doofus decided to do this years ago. It was like, oh, I tell you what, next week is. I think it's technically Week One. But there are games this weekend. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call it week zero. And then it's like everything else in America. People just fell in line. Well, I guess it's week zero. We'll just go with that. Oh, okay. Even the major networks. Like nobody could step up and be like, nah, dude, you're an idiot. Can you not count as week one? It's the first week that football is being played. Next week's the second week that football is being played. <laughs> Whatever. Regardless of all that, who cares? Um, first of all, both of you will be watching, right? Oh yeah, GC, we'll I know see. you'll be watching Notre Dame. I'll have to. You gotta We're watch.
0: I'll get whipped incessantly with the cat of nine tails. <laughs>
4: uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I, it, just out of curiosity, do either one of you think that that game could be close?
0: It's Navy, so you never Navy
2: know. Notre Dame. Know. Yeah, that one I think is is going to be more competitive than Flor. I mean, Hawaii Vanderbilt. Oh, I I agree with that. I that, I think. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Well, Navy fired it. At, Navy, Navy's athletic director is a big duty head, by the way. Uh, he fired Ken tanlamolo or whatever right on the field after the Army game last year, right, because they lost to the Army. And uh, they shouldn't have done that to that guy. I mean, they don't spend any money up there. The other service academies have made policies that make it more friendly to football, all this other stuff. So... You know, I thought it was unfair to fire him, especially in the way they did. And he was just pissed off they lost to army, right? But they promoted from within. So they're New not really, yeah, they're not really yeah. changing anything. Like mm-hmm. there's still a triple option football team. They're still, if you're not ready for that stuff, I mean, man, it could be a long day. Plus, it's in Ireland. You got to go all the way across the ocean. I know it's Notre Dame. Um, uh, so, could it be close? Yeah. I mean, even last year, as bad as Navy was, in Notre Dame at the time was on the roll, they got a big – I think that game was in Philly. They got a big on on the midshipmen, and then Navy came back and scared the bejesus, no pun intended, out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's uh, – so, I don't know. They play every single year, too. So, that's something else to keep in mind. So, you do have to think that there's been some preparation – uh, for that special style of offense that the Irish have uh, undergone this off season. It's tough, man. I don't know that I would schedule a team like that in the opener just because, and I know Ohio State did it a few years back when Urban Meyer was coaching them and they, they had trouble the first half because then you're week two and week three, you're not, you know, you spent all your summer prepping for the option. And then I think Notre Dame in week three has Ohio State week three or four. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Peter.
4: Is there anything that we will learn from a game that nobody's talking about and you won't even really be able to watch it? It's on the Pac-12 network, but uh, Southern Cal, I mean, they're going to beat San Jose State. They're going to beat them like a drum. I know that. But Southern Cal comes into the season ranked number six, and you know they seem to be one of the programs – Phil we got a final break don't we so we got to hit that real quick so we'll finish this conversation on the other side but they seem to be one of I'd say four or five programs that are a popular pick to squeeze into the playoffs so we'll continue that conversation we're painted garnet and black by a couple of painters let me paint something.com welcome home that's what the Gamecocks say and so does the Barndo company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit TheBarndominiumCo.com. That's the TheBarndominiumCo.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated.
0: Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to travelingcountryclub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. See it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
1: Hey everybody, this is Mo Koppel from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go
4: Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. minutes finish that conversation here a a thought from both of you here is the southern Cal game they caleb williams won the heisman trophy last year but will what will we be watching in that game to see if maybe they're a contender to be into the playoff this year because i think they probably are and is that the kickoff to -to back-to-back heisman trophies for caleb williams do y'all know who the last Player in college football was to win back to back Heisman trophies?
0: Uh, kid, The guy from Ohio State. Yeah. The,
4: the guy. Yeah. Archie Griffin.
0: Archie Griffin. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. The, guy I, I, from Ohio State. I've been on a bad roll with names lately. So
4: 74, 75. You're coming up on 50 years. Yeah. Is he, I mean, he's the leader to win the Heisman trophy again this year. But is Saturday. Is it, does it, people, they don't like giving that award out twice, man.
0: He won't. He won't be as good this year.
4: I don't think so either. I I
0: don't think he was really the guy last year, to be honest. I I thought Stetson Bennett.
4: Yeah. Okay. So who's? All right. Well, then who is your player to watch to win the Heisman this year? If it's Stetson
0: Bennett, he's not in the game. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. He he, he's 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 coming back for an eighth year. What are you talking about? (laughs) <laughs> I, no uh brock bowers i think he's gonna be the best player no, in
2: he, he's not year. gonna win the heisman i ball. don't care I think if he's in the conversation carson beck is that's that's the only thing that overshadows him is that nowadays uh, this, this group he you know you can't win it They
0: just just yeah. do away with the heisman and, and just give the manning yeah. award winner to whoever yeah
4: right to the exactly no yeah, I to I don't the
0: mvp or whatever yeah. but i think uh
4: so, it's not Drake May, and it's not Caleb Williams.
0: Drake May won't even sniff it. He's going to have a, a year a lot like Mitch Trubisky, where they're still talking number one, but it's it was eight and four. He <laughs> won't even sniff it. Caleb Williams, because Lincoln Riley's teams are not good on defense, they'll lose at least one game where they're just out physical. Just like they did last year, they lost two, three. lost twice to Utah and once to Tulane.
4: I, I Yeah.
0: I just how, don't I just don't know. Uh, okay. how about, how about this? Jordan Jordan Travis or Sam Hartman. That's interesting. Those are interesting. Uh
4: yeah. I he I, I I buy into that. Quantrell's on it. Um Sam Sam Hartman has a has a chance. Big time. And so does Jordan <laughs> that, Travis, of course. Hey he, he, look, his moment, he has two moments early. LSU Clemson. Week one, week four. Jordan, if LSU gets through those unscathed, he might be the guy who's leading the Heisman conversation because they they can't they can't go four and zero in those games without him playing elite.
0: Don't count out Spencer Rattler.
4: That's right. No, I'm not. I was going to say too. This guy's name is not "quote unquote" off the radar because uh, if you're a quarterback at Alabama, you're not off the radar. But if they really are settling on Jalen Milroe there's a reason. And oh, yeah. when you're the quarterback in these in in today's times, that I mean, I think we've learned this, at Ohio State, at Georgia, at Alabama, you're in the conversation.
0: Well, here's the thing too about him, JB, is if he's fixed his throwing, and he can throw, with the yeah. way he can run, he can that run. that guy that goes from being a one-dimensional quarterback you you've got to really kind of scheme your offense to manufacture one end of it or the other to you could run whatever the hell you want on offense <laughs> and your defense has to adjust to it and that there's a big difference between Jalen Milro that can throw a Jalen Miller that can't especially with his supporting cast and uh, I think we saw last year in the bowl game Tommy Reese not only will call the run game call the quarterback run game he'll he'll call a quarterback run. He's really good at knowing when to do it. Y'all remember Tyler Buckner, straight yeah. up the middle for twenty yards and a TD in the bowl. Called play. Yeah.
2: He's got a now, good feel. ball. Now, yeah. now
0: you've got Milrow back there. Who, if he's on his own fifteen, that's a touchdown. You know. So I, yeah. I, I, I am with you there, Ben. I, 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 uh, if he does indeed win it and he is the guy and is, and he throws it well enough, look out. Doped
4: okay. out. Alabama wins the national championship. I called that weeks ago. All right, we're out of roll, time. Roll, oh, yeah! Whoa! whoa, whoa. Come whoa, on, producer roll, Phil. Roll. You got to watch the clock. Watch the clock.
2: Watch roll the clock. Todd Wood. This thing. The conversation was just so good. I didn't even hit the music. Look at that.
0: Somebody <laughs> said DJ you're gonna lie Oregon State's going to win.
2: God, wouldn't that do us all good to see him win?
0: <laughs> Our Tiger Illustrated says Kate Kublanik will win the highest. Hey, I Cage gonna put up big numbers.
2: I, I think so too. Uh, just wondering how much of that's gonna be aided by uh, home cooking referee stuff that we saw last year when he was playing. I can, <laughs> I can <laughs> laugh at that.
4: Milra's five hundred to one. Okay, I might, I might lay ten bucks on that. Yeah, just i got yeah. Holy
0: smokes! Five cheese, man,
4: <laughs> man. I might, hey, I might put twenty on that thing. Uh, I, we can say this now and and. See if we can laugh at it later. You never know. Things change. This certainly could be the case. Don't want to say that it won't be, but I did find it funny this morning, scrolling Twitter and seeing the headline from Clemson. Mafa, one of their running backs, is thankful that Thunder and Lightning 2.0 has the original version in the house. Oh! Is that what they are? Will Shipley and Phil Moffa are the reincarnation of Ooh. James Davis and CJ freaking Spiller.
0: Yeah, all I thought, Do y'all I thought, I thought Travis, Travis, etn, and Tavian Feaster were those
4: guys. Yeah, wasn't that
2: two Is uh, this not
4: well? This particular website literally like sleeps in the jock straps of Clemson football. So. You
2: know, well, jockstraps are
0: shaped somewhat like a cradle if you don't have one. <laughs> Just crawl up in there sleep like a baby.
4: Thunder <laughs> and lightning, tigers.
0: no tigers. Thunder and lightning. Ah, yeah, man. I don't I know. So. Man. Like, I, like, let, them, let them, let them, let Clemson people be happy. I
2: know let Clemson happy. Be, happy. Yes.
0: Let be happy. Let them be happy. Let them be happy. Oh, they're nope. ranked about the Athletic ranked 1-133 through 133 today. Clemson was 11th. Gamecocks were 21st, which is high, compared to the other polls. North Carolina, 20th. Tennessee, 10th. 10. Hmm. We should talk about
1: Because
0: there's some over- cool. and underrated teams. That- I'll
4: tell you what, we'll put that right on the docket tomorrow. We've got, uh, what is tomorrow? I don't even know what tomorrow is.
0: It's Tuesday. Yep. It's Tuesday.
4: Who the hell we- are we talking to tomorrow? Hale McGranahan huh? and Mike Morgan.
0: That's yes, yeah, Power, power out. Don't forget that. Power out. So,
4: yeah.
0: And no, uh, no Chris Phillips this week. He's in Montana. I saw just some random picture Such on his nice. Instagram of just a bunch of trees.
4: Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's,
0: my, yeah. that's where I'm, oh, that's, uh, I'm
4: going one day. I'm out of here. A good time, so. anyway. my, my cousin was up in Utahville this weekend. he said, man, sure do miss it up. We used to work up there when we were kids. He said, man, it is quiet, and there's tractors driving down the road. I said, well. One day, that's where I'll be. You don't. You won't be able to. Utahville, (laughs) Utahville, South Carolina. You won't be able to find me unless you take a wrong turn. How about that? All right. Thanks to John Whittle and Pat DeMarco. Talking ball with the great Pat DeMarco. Painted garnet black by a couple of painters and teed up by Traveling Country Club. Ah, the weather. Come on, come on. Cool weather. Come on. Golf in the fall is special. Traveling Country Club. Dot com. For JC and Phil, I'm JB. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 right here on the Chief Sports app inside the Gamecocks, the show.